It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Sportsnet Michigan and Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. And the millennial man is Jared Patel of Fox 17 TV in Grand Rapids, Michigan and Fat Stack Sports. Comments and questions can be sent by email to 3 Pod at gmail.com or hit them up on social media at 3 Pod. The fellows will get it rolling right after this from our partners. Great news to report. Sheridan Realty and Auction Company has built a new 7,500-square-foot warehouse in Owasso. Now we are able to take all of your items and put it underneath one roof. Whether you are able to bring us a vehicle, an ATV, furniture, it goes inside. Go to SheridanAuctionService.com to see more. More importantly, stop down and see us at 1007 South Washington Street. You'll do better with Sheridan. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our community. They're not tied into an out-of-state corporation or their board of directors. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. The top priority is caring for our friends and neighbors, being right there when you need them most. With unique service to represent unique lives in mid-Michigan, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. The business started in 1880 and continues the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, see them on the web at nelsonhouse.com or call them at 989-723-5234. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your larger, small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of three-point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Greetings again, and it's time for a very special best of three-point podcast. Our team includes Advanced Elevator, Corona Connection, the Corona Public Schools, Hankered Sportswear, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Sheridan Auction Service, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and Z92.5 The Castle. I'm Ted Fattel of Sportsnet Michigan with Matt Burns of ESPN and Jared Fattel of Fat Stack Sports. We appreciate you listening and make sure to give us a follow at 3 Point Pod. In this episode, we had a great conversation with the talented Annie Agar and also caught up with Mike Sullivan, formerly of Detroit's 97.1 The Ticket. We learned about his exciting new endeavor. We'll get it going right after this. Advanced Elevator Company have the very best trained professional field technicians and project management for installation, troubleshooting, and repair of elevators in the entire Midwest. Conveniently located with world headquarters in the heart of Owasso, Michigan, the Janka family are longtime huge supporters of the Corona Public Schools. Advanced Elevator Company, area business leaders, and proud member of the Shiawassee Regional Chamber of Commerce since 2000. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is a mortgage and land contract services company that's focused on your success. Led by Jim Woodworth, 
Success Group Mortgage provides one-on-one service with a personal touch. Located in downtown Owasso, call for an appointment at 989-720-4380 or find more info on the web at successgroupmortgage.com. Hankard Sportswear is the area's top clothing and more printing business. Located in the heart of Owasso at 116 West Exchange Street, give them a follow on Facebook at hankard.sportswear. All right, we welcome uh, sports reporter Annie Agar of Wood TVA in Grand Rapids and the in-game sideline reporter for the Grand Rapids Drive. But most, maybe most notably, she is the creator of the popular, the first one at least, I think it was, the Big Ten Zoom meeting uh, videos, among a, mo- a bunch of others. But thanks for joining the show first off. But my first question is this. So how did you even come up with this idea? Because it is, honestly, it's super creative, and it seems like a lot of people are trying to almost like copy it in a way because it is kind of the first one of its kind. Thank you. Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having me on. Yeah, the idea kind of came from, um, you know, during quarantine when this whole thing first started, I wasn't working. Um, and as a sports reporter, obviously, that, you know, that hit hard. Many other people in the sports industry. But I thought about automatically, you know, how football season was going to be impacted. And when it comes to, you know, the Big Ten, we like to think about how all these teams have a different dynamic. And, you know, they, they all tend to hate each other. But they all wanted to work towards the same goal, which is to have a football season. So mm-hmm. I started thinking just in all my free time that I had yeah. sitting at home, <laughs> how you know how they would be working towards getting that football season back up and running and obviously the only thing we have right now are zoom calls or i guess during quarantine (laughs) that was the only thing we had so i thought you know if the big 10 wanted to get things going a zoom call would be the appropriate uh i guess situation to be put in Mm -hmm. and if that was the case how that would look because like i said they all have this insane dynamic where we all like to poke fun at each other and there's that you know in conference rivalries so Mm -hmm. i just started thinking how can i replicate that and then put it out there for the public and that's kind of how the video started so who of all i mean obviously i've seen i was speaking of the big 10 kirk Herbstreit, ohio state great and play-by-play or color commentary are great uh he reached out to you and said that he loves the videos is he number one on the list of people that have been pretty sweet to see them kind of say that it's funny stuff yeah you know um that's a great question kirk was obviously a big thing for me because i'm you know an ohio state fan um, yeah. at Ooh. heart so that was pretty impressive <laughs> Um, to hear from him, but I've had, you know, Rich Eisen has reached out, Pat Forty has reached out, mm-hmm. you know, those kind of, it's, it's everybody that didn't, Dan Rolofsky actually just likes my most recent one, so mm-hmm. it's people that in the industry that I looked up to that I've yeah. now, I'm somehow in their, you know, their their eyesight, I guess, on social yeah. media, and that is so big for me, so that's when I really feel it's surreal, and I think, wow, like, <laughs> I'm actually getting out there, it's crazy. Yeah. You know, I know Matt uh, was telling me off microphone that today, the most recent one you posted just blew up before our, before we get to that i want to ask about that but this is a general old guy question here for you give us a little background so our listeners know you know your background at college and what you're doing nowadays along with these yeah so i graduated from grand valley uh with a mm-hmm. sports broadcasting and pre-law major and then a minor in business knew i wanted to get into reporting didn't really you know i i had an idea of digital content because you know in this changing world dig, everything's digital now you know you mm-hmm. can get clips on uh like espn clips on your phone instead of having to watch sports center all this kind of stuff so it's just transitioning a lot so i obviously want to be a sports reporter but then when everything kind of stops and you know mid-march i turn to digital content and so that's kind of how all this started but I, my goal obviously is still to be you know i, I want to be either sideline or be some sort of reporter for either a team or you know, NFL Live or, you know, ESPN, something like that. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it all started with my drive, my ambition to be a sports reporter, and then the digital con- content stuff kind of came 
to the side of that, I guess. So, yeah, Ted brought it up, the video that you just shared. I mean, we're, we're recording Monday night, and about uh, an hour ago, you mentioned Dan Orlovsky liked and commented yeah. on it. But the last I checked, right before we started recording, it was already over 60,000 views. So, like, within an hour, <laughs> it's kind of blown up already. ESPN has shared your videos, Bleacher Report, and a bunch of other NFL handles and stuff like that. So you used the word surreal a few minutes ago. Is it, uh-huh. I mean, is that the best word to describe it? That, like, this is just seeing notifications from ESPN and stuff, sharing <laughs> your content. Is it just kind of surreal to, to see that stuff? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can't think of a different word to use. Yeah, even tonight, so I, I uh, had the idea to do a week two video because someone, I guess several people last week had commented when I did the week one video on the NFL. They said, you know, this has to be a series. We need one every week. And then this week I thought, well, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't want to overdo it. But then there was so much great content from this weekend, NFL game-wise. So I thought I'll just, you know, I'll put one out there. And it has blown my mind how it just, I mean, if you just sit there and watch it, the retweets are just, they con- they're constantly going. Yeah. And it's just so surreal for me to see that. And then to have guys like, you know, Orlovsky and, um, you know, just it's just other, yeah, like you said, Bleacher Report. ESPN was the, the big one where I thought, holy cow. Because yeah. I had a couple of my friends text me that they'd gotten this update, you know, saying, but it had my name on it. That's what the, the <laughs> super weird thing was, to see the ESPN logo with my name right by it. Because as I'm yeah. sure Jared could tell you, that's been my goal for so long, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, to have that kind of uh, credibility, I guess. So it's just been so cool to see. And yeah, surreal is definitely the word I would use. So how long does it take to put one of these together? I mean, it's really well edited. You have to change your shirt about 400 times, your <laughs> outfit and stuff like that. So how long does it take? <laughs> that's a good question. So a lot of people asked you, they were like, oh, did you, you buy all these shirts? And I'm like, no, I do not own <laughs> I do not own half those shirts. I actually print off the logos and I glue them onto the shirts. Oh, okay. Random T-shirts. Um, but I do, I change in between each one because somebody asked, oh, they, they said, you know, you probably tape everything in that, in that shirt and then just splice it together, but... Um, I like to get in the, you know, the character yeah. of each of each team, I guess, or of each shirt. So I'll change it between each each one. So it takes probably, I mean, with the printing off the logos and cutting them out, probably you know an hour and a half, mm-hmm. two hours maybe. And and sometimes it, you know, it depends on if I have an idea in my head already or if I kind of just go with the flow of playing off the character that was before me and all that. So it's a, it's a very, uh, it's a very interesting um, progression of, <laughs> of how it all comes together. But at the end of it, I'm, I'm pretty happy with them. So. <laughs> yeah, well, they are really cool. Transitioning sort of to more uh, high school football, you're also a high school football, like sideline reporter, videographer. What was it like this past Friday uh, shooting a game where there was only like each player was allowed two guys in the stands? Did it feel like it had the same vibe or do you think it's kind of lacking a little bit this year? Right. Going into this weekend, well, practices already were super strange, and I covered a lot of practices this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and teams were, you know, super, everybody was wearing a mask, super careful going into practice. But then when it came to game time, you know, the, the stadium or the, the school can only control so much. And, yeah. like, for us as uh, shooters and reporters, we could only be inside between the 10-yard line and the end zone and, and couldn't really go sideline at all. It couldn't be by the players or anything like that. And then, you know, the, the fans in the stands were social distance, but that did not stop people from, you know, coming into the outfield of the game, to mm-hmm. the, you know, around the around the track or wherever they could get to without being inside the stadium. So as, as weird as it was to see the stands kind of empty, and I was out in Muskegon, so I covered the Mona Shores game. Um, and that, I mean, they, they usually have a packed house. Yeah. So to see stands empty for that was super strange, but... I mean, you still had the crowd cheering and the, you know, the excitement around it when there's, you know, third down and stuff like that. So as strange as I thought it would be, it wasn't as big of a transition. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe for the, the guys it was different, for the players. But, yeah, as a media person, it was 
I mean, it was a Friday night under the lights. We were just happy to be back. Mm-hmm. Hey, Annie, let me ask you a little deeper question, all right? Um, <laughs> you know, being a, being a lady in sports, you know, that's your future ambition, your goal. You obviously have to see what's been going on with, with like, Maria Taylor and, you know, it's a, it, let's just call it a good old boys thing right now. You know, you're huh. trying to get in there, but there's a lot of people that are just ignorant. You know, how do you deal with that? How, do, how are you looking forward how you're going to deal with that? And are you getting much from Twitter trolls? Uh-huh. I love that question. Um, so interestingly enough, when this, you know, when, when I started doing these videos, there were, and it got, the one that got on ESPN, there were definitely comments of, you know, guys that wouldn't have happened had it been a guy on the, on the camera mm-hmm. instead of myself. But I, you know, I kind of knew going into this industry, I, I'd seen how women were treated and, you know, and there's a lot of positives, but there also were a lot of negatives. And I always thought I am not going into this industry to be treated like a guy. I'm going in as a female, mm-hmm. knowing what's going to happen. And I want the credit of being in the industry because I work my butt off, not because I'm a female. And like, I don't want, I don't want the pity of people saying like, oh, well, you wouldn't get these comments if you're a guy. I get it. You know, I'm, I'm a female in the industry. But if I don't, you know, darned if I don't know more than half those guys in the industry. Um, and that's kind of how I'm going to go on the defensive side. You know, I'm, I, growing up an Ohio State fan in Michigan, I already had to defend myself <laughs> to the 10th degree. So I like to think that, you know, when this criticism hits me or when, when guys come forward and they say, oh, she doesn't know what she's talking about, I'll just smile and say, okay, you know, bring it on, bring it on. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully, and the thing with Maria Taylor, and she, you know, handled that really gracefully and, and then kind of put her foot down. But, same, I mean, the th- same kind of thing happens. You know, if, if, a, if some comment were to go to a guy like that, I'd expect them to do the same thing. You know, you got to stand up for what you know because you're in that position and other people aren't. So. One, one quick little follow-up. Have you run into much of that yet? Not so much on my personal when I, when I tweet out videos, but definitely when ESPN and Barstool did, it was, yeah, it was a little... It was, a, it was tough to hear some things, but, mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to happen everywhere. Criticism is just a natural response, so. Yeah, well, how does mom and dad deal with it? Oh, my da- I had to get my dad off Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> he was going to start commenting to everybody, so I had to get him off. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think that that is just the perfect answer, and it's so cool to hear you say that because, I mean, it, I, I think we talked about it. I work at ESPN, so, I, you know, I'll, I'll admit it. This is a little bit of a company man comment, but I am really proud to work for ESPN because they're clearly embracing diversity, mm-hmm. and they always have. And I've been here for almost 10 years. And I've always seen that, embracing diversity and, and actually, like, encouraging it. And you mentioned NFL Live earlier. Mm-hmm. Laura Rutledge is the new host, and Mina Kimes mm-hmm. is on the show, and, and Maria Taylor is doing NBA Countdown and Monday Night Football mm-hmm. and big college football games. So, so yeah, I mean, I think you're, you're putting yourself out there, and, but also recognizing what you might face is a big thing. So, I, I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's kudos to you that you're coming into it with that mindset already. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I completely, you know, ESPN has been so good at that, too. And there, I mean, I wouldn't think that I could get a job in that industry if it weren't for the people that I grew up watching, you know, Hannah Storm and, and just everybody that, especially Maria Taylor, is just such an idol for me. But, but seeing them on the big, you know, the big stage, mm-hmm. there's no, I never looked at it and thought, oh, this is a male-dominant industry or this is, you know, they're super inclusive. I just thought as that's what I want to do someday. So how did you end up? Um, this is something I've been kind of wondering about. So you're you're from Michigan. How did you end up being an Ohio State fan? What's the story with that? Are you a bandwagon fan? Oh, I knew that word would be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. So actually, um, I became an Ohio State fan right before the sanctions. So I like to say that I joined a sinking ship yep. <laughs> instead of a bandwagon. Um, but no, I loved Evan Turner uh, back when he played for Ohio State, obviously, and mm-hmm. kind of mentioned it being 
you know, in Michigan, and I wanted to talk sports throughout high school, and guys would take you a lot more seriously. I learned this really quickly. Um, if you disagreed with them, because, you know, if you agreed with them, they'd be like, well, of course you of course yeah. you say that. Yep. I said that. But then if I disagreed, I'd really have to prove myself, and they would find that, I mean, it would be their life goal to prove me wrong. So I, I would come home on the weekends, and I'd watch every second of football, and I would make sure I knew every stat and every player and just, you know, make sure mm-hmm. I was prepared for Monday when I went back to school. <laughs> so, so I think that was a big part of the preparation. But then, you know, being able to be kind of against Michigan and Michigan State and be kind of the odd person out was just super fun for me. And obviously it's, it's been to my benefit recently because, you know, we kind of have a good team. So <laughs> Yeah, for sure. So do you have any problem with how the Big Ten kind of handled COVID where how they canceled the season and then obviously they just brought it back last week to October 24th. Do you do, do you agree with the decision to bring it back? Yeah, so the, I thought it was just super strange and, you know, I don't know the ins and outs obviously what everybody um, in the, you know, the Big Ten organization was dealing with, but it almost was like, a, um, you know, I think they wanted to kind of set the tone for everybody else thinking that the SEC and the ACC would, would immediately be like, yep, okay, Big Ten's out, we're out too. But then when they saw, you know, other than the Pac-12 kind of following in their footsteps, I think they, they were like, shoot, maybe we shouldn't have done this. Um, and then, obviously, you had the fans calling to their heads and the players wanting to play and the parents. And um, I think it kind of didn't leave up any uh, – didn't leave it up to any other choice but other than to say, yeah, we're going to play football. So I think mm-hmm. in the in the beginning, their, you know, their idea was it was a good idea maybe and they, you know, they had the best intentions, but it just didn't work out that way. And, and honestly, I think if you would have started play and then if something were to happen, if an outbreak were to happen – then you cancel the season. But at yeah. least you showed fans and parents and players that you were invested. So mm-hmm. I think it could have been handled better, but, you know, you never know what's going on with them. So you're, you're building up quite a resume at a young age, Annie, and I just want to ask this one question. I mean, if you had your preference, you know, when you, when you move into the big time, is it <laughs> NBA basketball, NFL football? Do you have a preference sports-wise? Oh, um, definitely football. I mean, college game day, I've wanted to be on college game day since, yeah. you know, I was like five years old. But NFL is also holds a special place in my heart too. So, any and honestly, it's anything football really did. And ironically, that's the one sport I didn't play. I don't know why I'm so invested in football, but I mean, it's hard not to be. It's yeah. one of the best it's a great sport. World, so. <laughs> no, I, I definitely think you're you're building up, like Ted said, a, a heck of a resume. So it seems like you're well on your way. I want to get back real quick though uh, before we maybe start to get you out of here to West Michigan. So you mentioned Grand Valley State, and then you worked at the NBC affiliate in Grand Rapids. Jared went to Grand Valley. I am a Grand uh-huh. Valley alum. Jared worked at Fox 17 and has done stuff yeah. for them. I, I worked at Fox 17 for three years. I love West Michigan. I, I If it wouldn't have been a, a job opportunity at ESPN, I would not have probably left West Michigan mm-hmm. in Grand Rapids. Can you talk about working over on that side of the state and going to Grand Valley and how nice of a school that was? And just mm-hmm. it's just such a nice area in the state that, you know, it, it draws people to it. And the high school football is, is great. And the athletics are great. And the lake is there. I mean, how, how mm-hmm. nice is it on the west side of the state over there? Yeah, you know, the, honestly, there is no, and I've been to quite a few places, there's no place that compares to here. And I know that sounds super biased, but, mm-hmm. you know, you have the beach town. And I, I would tell, you know, like, crews coming into Grand Valley and all this stuff, the same thing. You have beach towns at, like, Grand Haven on, along the water. You're, you're half an hour away from hitting a beach that feels like the ocean. Then you've got the city with Grand Rapids. You have great minor league sports teams, the Whitecaps, the Drive the Griffins, mm-hmm. um, and, and it feels like this bigger city within a small city. So you don't feel like you're just a number, but then you don't feel like you're, you know, out in the boonies somewhere. And, and But then you do have, you know, farming community, and you have all these suburban areas, and it's, it's just, it's almost like the best of 
every situation wrapped up in a city. And um, that's why I knew I wanted to go to Grand Valley was because it was so, you know, it was such a big part of the community already. It's so close. And I, uh, I toured it and right away just fell in love with it. You know, mm-hmm. it's super close to the water and close to the city. And the sports teams were great there. And their D2, you know, could be D1 possibly, but, yeah. um, but they're a great D2 program. And I just loved every opportunity at Grand Valley. And, and like you said, the city is just, it's, it's un it's it's unmatched. There's no yeah. other city in the world. I feel like that's like Grand Rapids. So as hard as it would be, maybe to leave someday, <laughs> you know, I want to be in ESPN at Bristol and uh, and stuff like that. So um, as hard as that might be, it's a great it's a great city on the west side here. Well, Annie, I'll tell you what. Uh, we appreciate the time. We look forward. Hopefully, you for, don't forget us, and and you'll join us again down <laughs> the road. Not a chance. That's a Grand alums. I can't yep. forget you. <laughs> there you go. And then also before we wrap up, tell our listeners. Best spots to follow you. Oh, okay, perfect. Um, on Twitter, I'm at Annie Agar. A G A R is the last name, and then on Instagram, it's Annie Agar five, and TikTok is the same thing, Annie Agar five. Outstanding. Well, we really appreciate the time. Love your stuff. We'll keep looking at it, and uh, we'll we'll check in with you down the road. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah, thank great. you. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is a mortgage and land contract services company that is focused on your success. The home financing team has over 25 years experience and origination of all types of loans. Led by Jim Woodworth, Success Group Mortgage provides one-on-one service with a personal touch. You're not lost in the crowd like working with a mega-sized bank. Every transaction is given complete attention from the very beginning to the end. Located in downtown Owasso, call today for an appointment at 989-720-4380 or find more information on the web at successgroupmortgage.com. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official sports bar of Three Point Podcast. Keep supporting them by calling in your takeout orders. That's Rivals Tap House and Grill in Corona at the corner of M21 and State Road. Sheridan Auction Service always has a wide variety of items and real estate on the docket. Stay up to date by checking their website at SheridanAuctionService.com. Looking out for you, Sheridan Auction Service. Nelson House Funeral Home's top goal is to serve the families in our community. The number one priority is caring for our friends and neighbors and being right there when you need them the most. Check out more information on the web at Nelson-House.com. Advanced Elevator Company have expert field technicians for troubleshooting, repair, and installation of elevators. An area business leader and a huge supporter of the Corona Public Schools. Advanced Elevator. All right, yeah. we, we now welcome on Mike Sully Sullivan, who was formerly a producer at 97 Won the Ticket in Detroit before he broke off and formed his own media company called Metro Detroit Golfers, uh, which has kind of since taken off, racking up over 30,000 members and one heck of a golf podcast on top of that. Uh, thanks for joining us, Mike. Hey, guys, thanks for having me. I appreciate that. Absolutely good to be here. So can I'm a member of Metro Detroit Golfers. I'm a huge fan of it. Can you kind of explain, but I was also a big fan of 97 won the ticket when you were there on uh, Mike's show as well. Can you kind of explain what made you sort of take that big jump to start your own thing? Yeah, no, that's a, I mean, that's a great question. I, I get that one often. I mean, it's it's a situation where, where I definitely had a great time in 97 won, you know. I think it was awesome. I, I had learned so much. I, I had a great experience, you know, but it really got to the point where, where you just, you, you're young, you know, you kind of want to do something more. You want to mm-hmm. really build and, and dive into something. I've always had a big desire to build a business, you know, and, and I think it, it really got to the point with Kyle Bogey and I, you know, where we were, we had started something on the side with, with our digital marketing business. And then MDG took off as well, kind of at the same time. And, and him and I really made the decision that, hey, 
it's time to really pursue this full time. Let's just dive in. Let's go. And and I think you know the, the biggest you know decision making point for me mm-hmm. was the fact that I, I knew that I could look. You know, I knew that if all this failed, I could still look back and say that I tried. I, I knew that mm-hmm. I gave it my all, but. One thing was I, I knew that I couldn't look back if I had never tried to make the jump, and I, mm-hmm. I really just thought it was time while I was young to take a risk and to, to kind of you know bet on myself and and do something that I was really passionate about and, and building the business. So it's a, so far so good. It's all worked out. It, it was a tough decision, but it also was an easy one. Just knowing what I wanted to do, and, and I get it. But it, it was a a great job I was in, and a lot of people would kill to have that job, and and I didn't take that lightly, you know. But I, I think it was just a situation of really wanting to, you know, while you're young, go out and get more and, and really just build something on your own and dive into it full time and, and uh, you know, be your own boss. So that's kind of the long story short, I guess. Sully, this is Ted, um, and I'll get more into what you got going on right now in a second, but I want to go back to your days, especially when you worked with a guy from my generation, Mike Stoney Stone. Um, hmm. Did you treat him with respect or did you treat him like garbage like Jared treats me? Uh, you talking about Stoney? Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I love Stoney. No, he's a legend, of course. I always, I'm a big respect guy. You know, always got to treat him with respect for sure. Uh, and that guy's done so much. He's always been so nice to me. You know, even back, back when I was 19 and just an intern. So uh, nothing but good things to say about him. He's a uh, just a really, really good guy. Still talk to him often today. That's awesome. I, although MDG has like 30,000 members uh, across all different platforms, there's probably some of our listeners that aren't totally familiar with what it is. Can you kind of explain uh, what it is the MG, MDG is and maybe what you're trying to turn it into? Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you asking that. Just the, just the um, you know, kind of the quick 30,000-foot view on that is mm-hmm. that MDG is, is kind of the result of just an opinion that, that Michigan's a, a golf state and needed something like that. I think that you know, when you look at the numbers, Michigan is, is third in the entire country in total golf courses. So it's a huge golf state, and, and there never really was a, a social media space for it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's kind of what Kyle and I tried to do is, is really just create something that didn't previously exist. You know, we, we thought that it was a underserved market, and, you know, the main goal was to, to really uh, create a space for Michigan golfers just and to literally take – you know, that, that huge appetite for golf that exists in Michigan and digitize it, you know, yeah. create a social media space for it. And I think that we started with a Facebook group. You know, that's really been the, the main catalyst of it all, uh, mm-hmm. the Facebook group, and that's grown to over 25,000 alone right now. And then between that, between the Twitter, the Instagram, the podcast, the, the text message list that we have, yeah, it's, it's just crossed well over 30,000, um, you know, recently. So. It's been awesome, and, and it's, it's such a passion and really cool to kind of create something mm-hmm. that you, you thought there was a need for. You know, I, I think that, that, again, Michigan is such a huge golf state, and, and to create something like that uh, and see the success so quickly has been awesome. It really has been. So this is Matt. So as Jared mentioned before we started recording, I, I currently live down in Charlotte, North Carolina, but I'm, I'm from the same hometown as Jared and Ted right in mid-Michigan, and in college, I worked at a couple couple golf courses, so I definitely know the golf scene in Michigan. And and you're making a good point. You know, I think a lot of people don't really realize how big the golf scene is in Michigan. And to that point, when I talk to people who are from the Carolinas, born and raised in North or South Carolina, or even maybe Georgia and stuff like that, they and they're still in the area. And and I tell them how many golf courses, how good the golfing is up in Michigan. They're like blown away because they all they want to do is 
talk about Myrtle Beach golf courses and stuff like that. So can you talk about, like, what's the challenge of, you know, trying to almost, like, convince people, maybe from outside of the state, that, yeah, you know, in the summer, in the spring and summer, even in the fall, come on up to Michigan because there are a lot of great courses. Can you talk about that? Yeah, I mean, that's a fantastic question. I think that, you know, one of our main goals with this is to really promote Michigan golf more. So I think that's that's fantastic. And, and you know, you're so right. It, it is underrated a little bit nationally. I think part of that is because on TV, you know, mm-hmm. you don't see it like you do some other PGA tournaments or destinations on TV. Of course, we now have the, the Rocket Classic here in Detroit, so people will see that. But, you know, I, I've always wondered that. I, I've always kind of thought it was, a hidden gem, a little underappreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't get as much love. Northern Michigan does not get as much love for the courses as, you know, a, a Myrtle Beach or a Southern California or a South Florida even does. And, and, you know, I think that that is kind of a shame where there's so much great golf in, in this state. And one of the main differences, I think, with Michigan golf is that you can go up north and you can play golf courses for a heck of it's a heck of a lot better value. Mm-hmm. You can play courses up north for a hundred bucks, eighty-five bucks, hundred and fifteen bucks that range. Where you know, literally, if you took that course and plopped it in the state of Arizona, you'd be paying you know two hundred and fifty dollars for a round. So I think that the value is really good. Um, I do think that definitely it is a little underappreciated. But you know, at the same time, to, to I guess kind of play devil's advocate to that is. I've been on several golf trips to Boyne, and one in particular stands out where, where I was standing on the tee. At, it was I forget which hole at Arthur. I think it was number six at Arthur Hills, mm-hmm. and um, ran into a group from behind us, and not one of them was from Michigan. One guy was from uh, L.A., the other guy was from Texas, wow. the other guy was from I think like Nebraska or something. And, and my point is, there was there was a group of four some of guys that had went up there solely because they did hear good things about Northern Michigan. So, you know, I, I, I agree that. I don't think it gets as much love. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do think that it's still pretty well respected, though, um, and that's one thing that we've tried to ask people, you know, whether it's been tour players we've talked to or otherwise, just just to kind of describe Michigan golf because, you know, that, that is a, a priority to promote it even more and, and hope that people get into it, absolutely. I agree 100% with what you're saying. It is 100% uh, a hidden gem, uh, Michigan itself. One course in particular that you are a huge fan of, and it's my favorite course in the entire state, and that's uh, Black Lake. I've had a family reunion there every year, and it's been my favorite course growing up my whole life. I'm trying to put together a golf trip, though, with a lot of my friends, and they're a little bit hesitant to go to Black Lake because, like you've mentioned on podcast before, it's a hidden gem. Not a lot of people play it. It's in the middle of Onaway, Michigan, nowhere. Yeah. Can you maybe give like a sales pitch on why they should come play it? Oh, man, thanks for asking that. No, that, yeah, I appreciate you knowing that, that tidbit and that opinion of mine. I think Black Lake is, is probably the most underrated golf course in Michigan. So the, the coolest thing about it is when you go up there, you're right. It's in Onaway. It's in the absolute middle of nowhere, middle of nowhere. <laughs> um, but when you get on the property, it, it feels like a country club. The patio is beautiful. The bar is awesome. The, the driving range is across the street, and, and it's a grass driving range. Um, the course itself is long. It's tough. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally love the the Michigan and the local angle of it that the UAW runs it and, the, and it's their course they run it to this day and, and anything anything that that's UAW run you know is going to be very well taken care of it's going to be every detail you know fine tuned so you, you feel like it's a private course and it's very difficult too mm-hmm. you know the slope rating is I think if you play it from the tips I forget the stat that one of the starters told me one time and I'll have to ask their GM about this but it's 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 one of the. T- it's right behind Oakland Hills South as from a slope rating, like the toughest course in Michigan. So it's extremely tough, but it is just true Northern Michigan golf. It's in really, really good shape, and again, it is not an easy course. But 
Um, plenty of elevation. It's just uh, it, it's a, a top-notch place to play, and I'm getting excited just talking about yeah. it. It's um, <laughs> definitely worth checking out. does not get anywhere near as much love as, as certainly a Great Walls or Boyne or Bay Harbor or Arcadia or anything like that. But, but it is, I think, the definition of a hidden gem and, and a course that um, if you're going up north, if you're even going to Petoskey, a lot of people go to Petoskey. Mm-hmm. If you're going to Petoskey, take the 40-minute drive and just go play it and, and see for yourself. It's really a, really a good course. Absolutely. Hey, I got another question for you, Sully, going back to your, your broadcasting. From what I understand, correct me if I'm wrong, you had a chance to interview Jack Nicholas? Uh, Tom Watson, not Jack. Oh, yeah, t- we're hoping to interview Jack um, actually May 2nd. We're going to the grand opening of American Dunes another going to be another beautiful course um out in grand haven but we had a chance to interview tom watson uh not jack nicholas yet but we're hoping to yeah, yeah. so how did it go with watson and uh, were you a little nerved up at all when you first uh, connected with him yeah i, I kind of was to be honest i usually you know I, I don't really get nervous when i when i talk to people i've, I've met anyone from you know lebron to uh miguel cabrera to mm-hmm. you know any huge names right but with Tom, when Tom came on that screen and was talking to us, it was kind of like, holy, you know, holy crap, it's Tom Watson, that's awesome. And, and that kind of bringing it full circle here with, with what you were saying about Michigan golf, that was one of the reasons why we wanted to have him on because a lot of people do not know that Tom spent, you know, his childhood summers in northern Michigan and playing wow. in Belvedere and playing Petoskey Bayview and playing those courses up there. So that was really awesome to, to interview Tom, who's one of the, the, one of the best golfers ever. Um, he has won eight majors, and, and, and to, to really just talk to him about Michigan golf, that was the coolest part because, again, he's known for so much more, and he's known for the British Opens and playing Lynx golf and stuff like that. But when you get a chance to talk to a guy like that and not just talk to him about Oakland Hills or talk to him about Warwick Hills or talk to him about you know the, the, the Metro Detroit-type courses, um, but to talk to him just about Michigan golf as a whole was, was really awesome. And he was such a just such a nice guy. We offered him to – Hey, you know, feel free to promote whatever you want. Is there a charity? Is there a product or whatever? And he, mm-hmm. you know, didn't even want to. He just said, no, I just enjoy the conversation. So just a, a true stand-up guy. Uh, really, really, that was a really cool highlight of my life and my career so far is being able just to have a discussion with him. It was great. That's awesome. And I love the book about his caddy, too, uh, Caddy for Life, Bruce Edwards. That's a great book. Uh, you mentioned Oakland yep. Hills South. Uh, do you think that's our best shot at here in Michigan to maybe get some more eyes on us to get, like, a U.S. Open? Is it Oakland Hills? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I think we, Kyle and I, went out for our MDG podcast, at Oakland Hills, and a couple few months ago we mm-hmm. interviewed Steve Brady. He's their head pro there, a legendary, just great, great professional. Um, and and Steve, you know, while you'll never get them to admit it that they're going to be getting the U.S. Open, from all I've heard, that it, it's going to be happening. The year you wow. keep hearing is 2029, <laughs> um, awesome. Oakland Hills South. They just redid the course. It's going to be an incredibly tough course. It's going to max out about 7,700 yards. There's going to be a 275-yard par three. You know, it's just going to be unbelievable. So I think that, that, you know, it's not even that I think. I literally expect Oakland Hills to get a U.S. Open um, before 2030. So I was going to ask you something about social media. So you've been talking about it a little bit with the Facebook group and everything, how you guys have grown your new business. And obviously you know all about, how crazy, I mean, for lack of better terms, how crazy social media is because of your previous job, your previous position at the radio station. And we are, we're all Michigan football fans, um, so you know all about that Michigan, Michigan State, and, you know, all of sports, how crazy fandom or how, how crazy fans get on social media. So I just want to ask you, you know, you have a pretty good following yourself personally. 
and then now your your new business, you know, you're trying to build up a following there. How do you navigate, I guess, just how do you navigate social media with trying to use it in the way that it's intended to reach people, to, you know, get information out and all the positive mm-hmm. stuff that social media can be versus, you know, all the crap that is also on Twitter and Facebook and yeah. stuff like that. You know, you want to yeah, try you know, use it to grow your business, for, but it's also, there's some bad stuff out there. Oh, for sure. No, and, and that's really what, what our, our marketing company, Brand 25 Media, does is, is we help, you know, so many small businesses and, and even some larger businesses now with their social media presence. You know, I think that, that the one thing with social media right now is that COVID has proven more than anything um, the importance of it. And I think that every company is realizing that they have to go online, they have to be digital. And, and what you're talking about, too, with the, the toxicity of social media at times is, you know, that's that, that's you see that much more in sports. You see that much more in sports reporting and, and certainly politics. Don't even have to go there. You see all the, the, the hate in politics, um, anything on, on social media. But as you just said, you do have to navigate it from a standpoint of, of the positive versus the negative. And the positive is, yeah, it can be a great tool. It can be a great messaging tool. There's a lot of stuff that, that can be done well. It can be a great revenue uh, source for, mm-hmm. for people. Um, but the negative is, yeah, you're always going to get haters. You're always going to get bad comments. I think that early on in my career, you know, I really would, would take that a little more personal and sensitive um, when, I, when I saw a hate tweet or something like mm-hmm. that. And now I, re- I really just do not care. Um, if anything, I feel bad for, for the person sending it. But I think that, that you're always going to get the idiots and the hatred in social media. Now, with Metro Detroit golfers, that's been something that's been 99.9% positive. But mm. even in there, there's still idiots. There's still comments. There's still people you have to delete. It's a microcosm of life, right? Like social yeah. media is a microcosm of life where you're always going to get some idiots in there no matter what. Um, and I think that that over my career as well, you know, one thing that I've really learned more than anything is that I think you see most of that toxic stuff on Twitter. I think you mm-hmm. see that more than any other platform. And I think that the main reason for that is because on Twitter, people can hide behind their avatar and their profile, right? Mm-hmm. On, on, on Twitter, you can be, um, you know, MGoBlue69 and, have, and just and just run your mouth with with no name, right? So I think that you do see the the hatred and the toxic stuff more on Twitter than anything because it's a lot of faceless people with no accountability for their actions. Instagram, you do not see it anywhere near as much because that's a personal profile for everyone. Instagram is is pretty usually pretty good with in terms of compared to the other ones. Instagram's pretty good with uh, not having too much toxic stuff on it. And then with Facebook, you know, Facebook you see it with politics. Facebook, the, the issues on Facebook arise from political posts and people arguing with each other. And, 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 you know, that's basically it because on Facebook you do have to have a profile as well. So to answer your question, as much as I love Twitter, I do see Twitter as probably the biggest, you know, toxic toxic pool yeah. uh, out of all the social medias, if I had to say. Yeah. Well, I, yep, I agree with that. Uh, just a couple more questions, uh, Mike, before you let you go. Thanks again for doing this. Uh, so I'm, I'm a big, I'm the biggest golfer amongst the three of us. Uh, but I just graduated college. I don't have a lot of money to my name. Outside of maybe like the Arcadia Bluffs, the Quarry, the courses like that that are like three hundred dollars. Is there a course around like the hundred dollar price range that you mentioned earlier that I should one hundred percent play this summer in Michigan? Are you talking Northern Michigan, Metro Detroit, or just anywhere in across, across the entire state, wherever? Yes. So I would, I would highly recommend if you're looking around a hundred bucks. I mean, we already mentioned it, Black Lake, fantastic, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, but besides that, I'll give you I'll give you two other ones. Um, Shepherd's Hollow in Clarkston is just top notch. Uh, okay. It's a public course. I think that it's probably the most qualified 
course to host a PGA event. Now they never will because a PGA event, there's so much more. It's parking, it's grandstand, yeah. it's walkability. There's so much more. But from a pure course perspective, I think Shepherd's Hollow is just awesome. And then besides that, I would I would recommend actually either of these two, either Eagle Crest in Ypsilanti, which is just an extremely picturesque, on-the-water, <laughs> beautiful-type course that, mm-hmm. you, that you'll get your money's worth at that price range. Or I would say Eagle Eye in Lansing. Um, and Eagle Eye, you know, they have an island hole. You know, Eagle Eye is, is another one that's right around 100 bucks, and, and it's – as you said, you're trying to keep it, you know, treat yourself to a nice course, but you're not going to play, mm-hmm. you know, a $200, $300 course, which is not that there's that many in Michigan anyway. So public-wise, yeah, I would I would definitely check out Shepard's Hollow. I would do Eagle Eye, Eagle Crest. And then, if I mean, if you want, I'll give you one more, which, which okay. is the Orchards, which is another just great public course up in Washington Township. Just a fantastic one. And, and Jeff Stelkup does a great job up there. Shout out to him, um, their GM. But those are the ones I'd give you. I would say that if I had to even narrow it from there, keep it simple do one of the eagles you know do the mm-hmm. eagle eye or eagle crest and then i think that you'll really enjoy either of them. yeah i played hawk hollow before which i'm pretty sure is like the brother or sister course of eagle eye yep. and then i have a i have a friend that's actually goes to school up in eastern michigan so i'm sure he'll be down to play there last question that's for you sure. before we wrap it up you have moved on to mdg mdg but is there any specific sporting event that you kind of wish you might have still been back at 97 one to talk about with mike and the guys yeah, that's a good question. I'm tr- I mean, cer- certainly I would I would have loved to have still been there just to talk about the Josh Allen stuff and how yeah. right I was about that, you know, <laughs> and how, he, uh, how he's killing it with the Bills. That mm-hmm. would have been fun. Besides that, I mean, it, it certainly would have been a heck of a year to talk about Michigan, Michigan State, with, yeah. with Michigan losing to Michigan State again. That would have been fun. You know, I, I still, of course, keep in touch with all those guys and talk to them regularly, and, and you know, you miss certain things like that, but... You know, overall, just just super uh, pumped up and excited about this next chapter. And you know, I, there there's certain things you miss, but there's certain things you don't miss too. So mm-hmm. I think that uh, you know, I, I I had such a great time there. And, and there's certainly some moments, like I just mentioned, that maybe you you, you realize you would have had fun and, and miss. But uh, you know, I still try to try to get people going on Twitter now and again, so I get my entertainment there. Well, Sully, we really appreciate appreciate the time. Uh, you know, it's so nice to talk golf when the weather is so cold outside. So <laughs> yeah. We appreciate that. Again, before we let you go, uh, tell our listeners best spot to uh, check out your stuff. Yeah, thank you so much. I, I would appreciate, guys, um, if, you're, if you're a local golfer, if you're a Michigan golfer, just simply go to MetroDetroitGolfers.com, browse around, check it out. There's a ton of stuff on there. And then, obviously, you know our marketing company, Brand25 Media, you can go to the same thing, the website as well. That's Brand25 Media, brand 25 mediacom um, you can see all that we're doing from a social media and, and digital marketing perspective. It's, it's some cool stuff to browse around on there. So um, those would be the two, MetroDetroitGolfers.com and then Brand25Media.com. And from there, again, you can find all of the, the social links and everything like that from the websites themselves. All right, man. Well, we'll check back in with you at the springtime, if you don't mind, and uh, catch up on what's going on and what else is new, okay? Anytime, boys. Thank you. I appreciate it. Education is facing a whole new world nowadays, and when you're trying to determine what's best for your son or daughter, especially with kindergarten registration right around the corner, why not go with a district you trust? Corona Public Schools is that district. You can trust Corona Public Schools to keep your child safe. You can trust Corona Public Schools to love your children like they're our own. You can trust Corona Public Schools to challenge your child academically and provide social-emotional support. You can trust Corona Public Schools to provide positive role models. 
You can trust Corona Public Schools to offer tons of academic and extracurricular opportunities like our World Championship Odyssey the Mind program, award-winning band or FFA programs, or other career-related classes like mechatronics or construction trades, not to mention our championship caliber athletic teams. This is Corona Public Schools Superintendent John Fattel, and I guess when you get right to it, there's lots of reasons people in our area choose and trust Corona Public Schools. We've been graduating greatness since 1870, that's 150 years of Cavalier alumni making a difference in the world. Remember, young or old, it's great to be gold. Call 989-743-1579 to set up a tour and register your pride and joy for beginner garden or kindergarten. Find out for yourself why Corona Public Schools is the right fit for your most precious possession. 989-743-1579. The CoronaConnection.com staff knows it's great to be gold. Keep up to date on Cavalier Nation at CoronaConnection.com. All Corona, all the time. The Hankard Sportswear team pride themselves by giving a good product at a great value. The area's go-to clothing and more printing business with many loyal customers. They do it by providing 100% guarantee to satisfy your expectations. Hankard Sportswear always have Owasso, Corona, and St. Paul school spirit items in stock. Also, special items for family, sporting, business, and charity events. Call them at 989-725-2979, stop on into the store on Exchange Street in downtown Owasso, and follow them on Facebook at hankered.sportswear. Well, that'll do it, everyone. Follow us at 3 Point Pod. Let our partners know you listen in. They include Advanced Elevator, Corona Connection, the Corona Public Schools, Hankered Sportswear, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Sheridan Auction Service, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and Z92.5 The Castle. Also, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan Chapter. There's still no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS. For Jared Fattel and Matt Burns, I'm Ted Fattel, thanking you again for listening to and supporting Three Point Podcast. Three Point Podcast is syndicated worldwide on Sports Radio Detroit and MWSN Radio. The show is a Sportsnet Michigan production recorded at the WJSZ Mid-Michigan Studios. Spread the word to your friends and family and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of the other big podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at 3PointPod or by email to 3PointPod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, bye for now.